0: So saddle up and get ready and don't forget and continue to make these steps habitual to where it's just going to be a part of your everyday life. It's going to be a part of your everyday mindset. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. Welcome to the resistance. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD, for by It's a radio podcast from beautiful, sunny, really hot now, Scottsdale, Arizona, southwestern United States of America, protest filled streets. Uh, I am so happy and I'm so proud that it, that I, that this is happening and the awareness has gotten to the point where things are starting to happen and it's really exciting and there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering still happening out there. And I really feel for all the people that have gotten injured and that have had to deal with all of these terrible things that have been happening over the past couple of weeks. But I can't hide my joy for the fact that Things are getting done. Momentum is shifting. The first thing that I would like to do is welcome you in, and I'm hoping that everything is safe and sane and and good with you, and you're doing everything you possibly can to contribute to the movement and to continue the momentum that we need to continue, like, forever. So this is not something that's going to be uh, for two weeks and then we're cool and everything's going to be where it should be. This is going to be a long, drawn-out difficult process for all of us to continue this movement and it's not unlike creating a new habit or trying to adapt to an environment that you have no clue how to adapt to and that's what's happening now because it's going to take a serious major paradigm fundamental shift into understanding and mostly it has to do with us us white people understanding that we need to make the changes to get to the point where we understand the perspective that, for the first time, a lot of us are starting to get. I want to talk about what happened last week to me. So hopefully you heard my podcast last week. When I post to Instagram and to Facebook, they denied my post. It was something like a I was leaning towards a, a political perspective and it was uh, too controversial or something of that nature. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Zuckerberg himself won't, won't take down posts that are completely blatantly false and fake stuff. So then what I had to do was I had to tone it way down and I put up the picture, but I put up a black and white picture instead. Same one because I thought the picture was very impactful. And when I did that, it was okay. And I took out all of the rhetoric that I had in the first one. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read you the first one and let you decide where this lands. What I said was, Well, it looks like we finally created enough painful leverage to expose the soft, white underbelly of social injustice that has plagued our country for generations. The reckoning is here, and like an ocean tide, it's coming in whether you like it or not. The issues surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and civil rights in general have been around us for our entire lives. But the amount of leverage needed for wide systemic change never presented itself until now. Because of the technological and internet revolution. Now, any revolution in American history, the agricultural, the industrial, throughout the history, it creates a lot of chaos and it ultimately results in positive change. With all of us now being connected, the tide of a global economy, of globalization is upon us. However, because this is such a massive change, there are a lot of people are fighting it with everything they have, including fear, hate, and racism. In the show, I talk about my own current awakening to social injustice and the need for systemic changes. I talk about the fear-based reason Trump got elected and why it makes perfect sense given the internet revolution. I talk about how the current president and his supporters' resistance to the tide of change led to the leverage we now have to create significant lasting change in the system. I talk about how the revolution is like bringing a black light into a hotel room. I talk about the powerful comments by General Mattis and how they support the protest and revolution for lasting change. I talk about the real reason for the president's church Bible photo op and why I believe we are now at the Gladwellian tipping point. Lastly, I refer to the incredible speech by Killer Mike and provide an easy call to action that will immediately empower you to make a positive and lasting change. That was my post. Apparently that post is too controversial for Facebook and Instagram to post, so I dumped it down and and what I did was I just I put the link out there and it linked back to the original. So I'm hoping, and it seems like the message got out. It's my most popular post I've ever put out. Uh, I had amazing comments back to me, and the good, a lot of them were older white people like me saying, you know, I appreciate the post or we have to do something more, or we can't not do something anymore. And then I had some bad ones, just from binary thinkers who wanted to lash back because they don't get it. Then I had a couple angry ones, and I wanted to bring these up because I think they're important. One of them was an FTP post, and if you know what that means, you yeah, yeah, that's F the police. And another one had was kind of the same tone, and it was about all cops being bad, because the picture that I posted was of a black protester and a black police officer and they were fist bumping across the police officer's bicycle as a barricade and it just showed both of them kneeling and connecting and i thought that was really important for on a number of levels and i think you can probably follow the reasons why it's so powerful to me it was a, one of the most powerful photos i have seen of the protests up to this point and the two comments that I got in regards to FTP and all cops are bad, I wanted to make sure that they understood was is that if you lump everybody in the same group, it's binary thinking and it's also zero sum or absolutist thinking. And that type of limited thinking is what got us into this in the first place. It's what has created the systemic problems that we're dealing with and has created the racism that the country has been dealing with for 400 years. The thing we have to get away from is the binary thinking and the all-or-nothing thinking and welcome the fact that some cops want to kneel so we can't vilify one party or the other, just like you can't vilify all the Republicans because I'm one. (laughs) And there are a lot of us out there. If you go to the Lincoln Project or Republicans voting against Trump, I've contributed to both of those causes and I continue to contribute to both of those causes. All that going forward, a lot of people say, Oh, you know, what's happening on the, or, or how is this making an impact? I'm going to run down just a few things. In terms of what has happened since all of this started, Minneapolis bans chokeholds and they're thinking about disbanding the police force. That doesn't mean getting rid of the police force. That means just creating a different type of force, similar to what Camden, New Jersey did, which was more of a community-based policing. Dallas adopts a duty to intervene. New Jersey's attorney general said the state will update its use of force guidelines. I know that I just heard here in Phoenix that they're banning chokeholds. In Maryland, a bipartisan work group of state lawmakers announced police reform. LA City Council introduced a motion to reduce LAPD's budget by 1800000000 billion. I'm going to get more into the whole budget thing and the defunding police issue a little bit later. The police brutality that have been caught on camera, and I just saw there is there are over 500 cases of this happening with, during the protests. So far, they have led to near immediate suspensions and firings of officers in several cities. Monuments celebrating Confederates are removed in a number of cities, including deep South cities and even including in European cities. And I believe it was Bristol that they removed a slave traders statue and threw it in to the Bay, where he used to dock the slave ships. How's that for symbolism? The street in front of the White House is renamed Black Lives Matter Plaza. Globally, rallies and memorials have, have been held in Mexico, Canada, Brazil, Australia, New Zealand, as well as, again, I said 18 different countries, I think it's more now. A former German ambassador to the U.S. said that people all over the world understand that their own fights for human rights, for equality, and for fairness will become so much more difficult to win if we are going to lose America as a place where I have a dream is real and a universal political program, which is what I was talking about last week in France. Protesters March holding signs that said, I can't breathe to signify both the words of Floyd and the last words of Adam Truro a 24 year old black man who was subdued by police officers and gasped the sentence before he died outside of Paris in 2016 in Amsterdam, 10,000 people protested a mural dedicated to Floyd was also spray painted on part of the Berlin wall in Ireland. Protesters held a peaceful demonstration outside of Belfast. Italy, protesters gathered to march with signs that said, stop killing black people, say his name, and we will not be silent. In Spain, people gathered to march and hold up signs throughout Barcelona, Madrid, and Athens, Greece. In Brussels, Belgium. In Denmark. In Canada. In New Zealand. Memorials have been built for Floyd. In Mexico City, portraits of him were hung outside the U.S. Embassy with roses, candles, and signs. In Poland, candles and flowers were laid out next to photos of Floyd outside of the U.S. consulate and in Syria of all places the turbulent middle east two artists created a mural depicting floyd in the northwestern town of binnish on a wall destroyed by military planes again like i said last week this is happening you're going to be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history i know you guys are going to be on the right side of history but isn't it amazing that even after all of this and even after exposing the dysfunction, and the subversive racism that is a part of the system, there are people that still are so scared that not only are they unwilling to accept it, they're fighting with every ounce of energy they have against it. Tucker Carlson was just on his show on that channel, and he was bagging on Elmo. The dude went after Elmo because Elmo's talking about being a decent human being. And I have to mention this because it's just insane what the the president tweeted in regards to that the the elderly gentleman in buffalo and the fa- and the fact that that he was some secret antifa agent it's unconscionable that the last poll has indicated that 37% of people in this country still are cool with this guy so that being said i want to go back to something that's been controversial and it's that defund the police thing it doesn't mean take all the money from the police departments and, I, and I, I'm hoping you know that. And if you do, that's great. And you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But that's not what it means. It means taking a lot of the funds that go into the police department, especially into the militarization of the police department, and putting it into the other social programs that will alleviate the pressure off of them to be psychologists and to be implementers of social programs. The old Dallas police chief in 2016 talked about, how the cops have to do everything now. And it's the truth. Everything's been funneled into them to have to be the social worker and have to be the psychologist instead of just doing what they are supposed to do in terms of keeping the city safe for everyone. So when you hear defund, people freak out, but it's it doesn't mean taking all the money again. It just means allocating the money to the professionals who should be doing the work instead of the police. So that brings us to how do we keep the momentum going? There are many different programs that you can donate to to assist in this cause. Number one being Black Lives Matter. They have a website up. You can donate to them. You can also donate your time, uh, your skill to any particular organization if you're a lawyer. Or if you happen to be at EMT and uh, they're out there protesting or having some sort of a rally, uh, you can go out there to help them. You can go out there with water bottles. You can be like the guy in D.C. that opened up his house to 70 people. There's also bail funds that you can donate to as well. You can support black-owned businesses. You can also actively take a stand when you see injustice happening. As an example, there was a white girl protester that as the cops were starting to march towards the other protesters, she put herself in between the cops and the black protester that was on his knees with his hands up. You can also educate yourself contacting your representatives. All you have to do literally is Google, who are my representatives in Congress? And last but not least, register to vote or just vote. And for those of you who are not in the States and in, those, in the different countries, on behalf of all aware Americans, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your support in this means a lot and is very important to creating the momentum for change, not only here in this country, but worldwide. Remember, we're in this for the long haul. This is not going to be a two-week or a two-month or a two-year type of a thing. And once the emotion comes out of it, we need to continue on, create positive habits, continue to feed the momentum going forward, and not to forget. Because this big of a pushback, on an institution that's been around for so long, it's going to take a lot of energy from a lot of people for a long period of time. So saddle up and get ready and don't forget and continue to make these steps habitual to where it's just going to be a part of your everyday life. It's going to be a part of your everyday mindset that this thing needs to change and we need to make it happen right now. We happen to be in that position in history to where we can make a difference. And we're going to do it. If there's any comments, questions, you want to copy the book, get a hold of me at tony at javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D. I hope things are well. Stay safe. Remember, COVID-19 still out there. In Arizona, it's peaking again because people went out too soon. Be good to each other. Keep the pressure on. I'll talk to you next week. I'm too tired to pretend I don't want to be alone I'm calling all the-